Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. Thanks so much for tuning in today, and I hope you enjoy our conversation with Karen Walker, the Chief Marketing Officer of Cisco. Really great story here and a number of interesting points that we touch on, like how Karen has transformed the marketing organization at Cisco to date. We talk about the topics of authenticity and being purpose-driven, but specifically on why it's becoming more important within B2B. And we also go into the differences between B2B and B2C in terms of how buying decisions are made. Turns out it's really not that different. We also talk about Cisco's latest initiative, Bridge to Possible, and the importance of individuals telling their own stories as a way of becoming more authentic than perhaps something delivered directly from a brand. We go into the individual experiences and stories that Cisco powers and how they leverage and amplify those stories to broaden their influence. We talk about what's next for the team. And finally, we get some tips from Karen directly on how to become a more authentic marketer and leader. I can't wait to have you listen in, so let's have you listen in. Without further ado, this is our featured conversation with Cisco's Karen Walker. Okay, folks, I am so excited today to be speaking with Karen Walker from Cisco. Karen, thank you so much for joining our show today. Lovely to have you. Thanks, Adam. Looking forward to it. It has been such a wonderful journey uh, for you at Cisco, I know, over the last couple of years. And I especially enjoy having you on our show today because I think that you will provide a unique perspective to our conversation when it comes to the world of B2B. On our podcast, as our listeners know, most of our conversations have been within the B2C world, but I think you'll be surprised as to the emotions and motivations of buyers on both sides, as Karen, I'm sure you know well. But I would like to, before we jump into that and the psychology of that and what's going on today with the team, I'd like to turn the clocks back roughly four years. When you joined in 2015, Cisco looked a little bit different than it looked today, especially in the marketing organization. I did a little bit of research on this, saw there were roughly 20 teams, I think 22 teams all over the world, brought opportunities to unify what was going on, and they brought you in to lead that charge. Would love to hear how you started out, what has progressed to date under your purview. I know that's a broad question, but would love to hear about that journey to start. No, absolutely. And boy, it, the time has flown by, four years. Um, so you're right, Adam. When I started, um, marketing sat in every function. It, it was the field marketing team sat in sales, product marketing sat in engineering. Uh, we had corporate marketing and corporate cons that were, were separated. So we were not unified as a team. Um, we also had a lot of footprint here in headquarters and very little in the countries where it just so happens that our business is transacted. So uh, we didn't have the right model for the marketing function. So that was one of the things that we had to really tackle and bring and bring together um, and to unite the team because it's really hard to have a really common story and strategy, frankly, um, when you are so disjointed. So the first thing we did was pull the team together we also created a very clear vision and purpose in terms of who we are. Uh, and actually, we, we looked at it just a, a month or so ago and decided it still made sense for the future. And that was to be an innovative, real-time, personalized marketing and communications team. And uh, there's a couple of things that are, are really important there. Real-time. Um, so when we started, we, we probably launched around two major campaigns a year that were very U.S.-centric. 
Um, and we wanted to be real time. So the challenge I set the team was think about two campaigns in an hour. What would that look like? Uh, personalized, that it needed to be down to our uh, very specific customers and audiences. Um, so we had to think differently about our campaigns. We had to think differently about our content. Uh, frankly, it was uh, boring. It was very uh, technology focused versus customer centric. Um, so we had to do kind of a, a redo on our whole content um, content stream. Um, we also didn't have the right skill sets. And so what we had to do is build out our own curriculum where we had to change our talent profile. And part of that was bringing in new people, of course. But a lot of it was you know, really helping our marketing professionals learn the contemporary marketing skills that was needed from the future. Uh, we had to completely do a gut job on our technology. I had Unica, Aliqua, I had the works, Marketo, I had everything. Again, back to those uh, disjointed teams and separate teams, they made their own technology decisions. And now we actually, I think, um, we have probably, you know, best in class, a digital marketing foundation um, that really has allowed us to do things dramatically differently in that I can be, my campaigns can be uh, in, was it 41 countries, in uh, 80, no, 80, 89 countries and 41 languages, um, day one. And so we were never able to do that. Um, so I think because of that transformation, Adam, uh, marketing is really playing a different role at Cisco than it has done in the past. I am sure that it has. And of course, I have seen this very, very uh, publicly in the last couple of months, especially with regard uh, to, to the way that I see it and not necessarily to what you have internally with Bridge to Possible, but I'm sure that there has been so much to do with with transforming the business and turning a new leaf in that way. And I'm sure other ways in which turning a new leaf um, becomes apparent is when it comes to other aspects of, of marketing and how you position yourselves. Of course, I'd love to get into the topics of, as this show dictates, being authentic and also being purpose-driven because I know that's something that Cisco is committed to. But perhaps, and thank you for that background, let's do a little bit more in level setting, specifically with why it's becoming more important today. And I'm talking especially within B2B. As I said, that's a bit of a unique perspective for us to become authentic and to be purpose-driven in this way because customers of B2B and customers of B2C at the end of the day seem to be just people, not too different. And in the same vein, I'm wondering how these differences are lessening when it comes to business structures and their response to authenticity over time. So this is something I, I feel very passionately about. Um, and I think there is a misnomer um, that you know, B2B buyers are very logical, they're very rational um, in terms of, you know, how they make decisions. And as you say, they are people at the end of the day, and there's a lot of uh, people coining uh, coin in different terms, you know, it's no longer B2B or B2C, it's B2 human um, or B2Me. And so um, I totally believe that. So let me give you a personal example. Okay, so I, I, ha I love shoes. And I tend to buy shoes and I buy them online. And you know what? If I like them, they don't fit or whatever. I can I can send them back, right? No big deal. It's not the end of the day. And actually, I would say companies are making it a great experience and very easy to do that. Now, if I make a decision 
um, you know, as a CIO and I choose a set of technology, um, I am emotionally driven because that decision is a big deal. And so my, my emotion is more fear. It's, it's how do I make the best decision? Because if I get it wrong, I can't just send it back like a piece, you know, like, you know, shoes. Um, it can actually really damage my reputation. I could lose my job. It could really harm my company. It could harm my brand. And you've seen multiple examples of that, um, you know, especially around, you know, security. And so, um, so um, there is a lot of emotion uh, associated with a B2B buyer. And, and actually, I think Google and the CEB study found that if, if a buyer is emotionally connected to your brand, they're three times more likely to buy from you and eight times more likely to pay a premium. And so th that is a big deal. So from a business standpoint, it, it just really makes a lot of sense. But also back to your authenticity. Um, one thing I really try to, to lead our marketing team towards is, is talking in a very human and connected way, uh, an engaging way. Um, because what we would do is use a lot of technology language and marketing speak. And it, sometimes if you read it back to them, it, it just didn't make sense. It wasn't easy to understand. It didn't engage. It didn't make me feel like I had to do something about what I just read or learned about the company. And so we, we really put a lot of effort around you know, really walking in the shoes of, of our customers, really caring about them, knowing who they are. And for example, people who buy our security solutions, they love Halloween. Okay. Um, so that helps me, you know, to think about who they are. And a lot of them are gamers. And so I can tune how I engage with them in a way that's really meaningful to them. So, so I think that is the misnomer is that business buyers are not emotional. Of course they are. Uh, the emotion is just different. And also you just need to engage with them in a way that's meaningful and adding value to them. Well, adding value in, in any way, of course, is important. But I'm glad to hear you say that because it's an inkling that I've had over time, of course, being on both sides of the coin in in my past to know that, yes, at the end of the day, if if I experience something which is emotionally charged, I'm, I'm more likely to, to act in, in an impassioned way because of it. And of course, that extends to business as well. And I'm glad that that is such a central tenet of, of your beliefs and thus, I'm sure, what gets flowed through the rest of the organization at Cisco. And that may be a good segue to talk about what we've seen most recently out of Cisco with regard to something which is emotionally charged and certainly authentic, certainly something that I'm sure you're passionate about, which is bridge to possible. Can you start out by explaining how that came about as a movement? Oh, absolutely. So it, it was actually really interesting. What we did is we actually went back to the beginning, who we are as a company. And it was a perfect time because Cisco's been on this journey of, of changing the business strategy from being a hardware company to being a software and SaaS company. Um, we are we, we really wanted to reinvigorate our brand to, to reflect that and who we are. Uh, and it really has shaped our, our purpose and vision statement, but also the culture of the company. And this is something um, that Chuck has really focused on. And, and our objective was really for our customers, partners, our employees to really fall back in love with Cisco. Uh, and so we went back to, to the beginning. And 
for years, we've actually been doing some really great things in, in the world, um, especially around our Network Academy program, where we have actually trained over 9 million students in 180 countries in 20 years. Now, we've done that quietly, and it's because it's who we are, and we started a program, and we haven't really talked about it very much in the marketplace. And what we found is that our employees care, our customers and partners care, that we want to make a difference in the world. Um, and so the other part of it, too, was that, I don't know about you, Adam, it's a pretty crazy world out there, and you can choose to be negative or you can choose to be positive. And so we chose optimism in terms of what technology can do in this crazy world, but it also had to be a campaign that is tied to solutions that Cisco has provided. And also we wanted our customers and our partners to be the one to tell those stories. So back to you being authentic, not have Cisco's point of view, but have the customer tell what the impact was, um, was made by the Cisco solution. Um, but what we did is we went back to the bridge. And when we actually founded Cisco almost 35 years ago, Cisco is short for San Francisco. And our logo is the bridge. Now, a lot of new employees didn't even know that. And I will say it looks more like the Bay Bridge now than the Golden Gate Bridge as we've, you know, we've, we've morphed it over time. But it's an incredible metaphor, right? A bridge is something that connects people, places, ideas together. And when we do that, you can make anything possible. Back to that optimism. And so we knew that our logo and that bridge was something that was authentically ours. And we felt so strongly about it and, and that the, we are the bridge to possible um, that actually what it did is it, it came back and it, we changed our vision and our purpose statement to reflect that, right? So Cisco, we are the bridge between hope and possibility. And our employees felt that same way too, that it truly reflected who, who we are. So our, our challenge now, Adam, is to stay the course. Um, sometimes we get a little bit bored with our own campaigns and we move on too quickly. Um, but this campaign, both internally and externally, um, has so resonated uh, and it's really tied back to who Cisco authentically is and who we will stay and remain as in terms of our corporate values. Well, I'm so glad that the course has been one which is pointed at that value. And in staying the course, I'm sure that you'll enjoy the benefits of that for a long time to come. I'm curious about one thing that you said, which was, let's have these stories not just be Cisco's point of view, but the point of view of our customers and people who use and leverage our services. I'm curious as to what you have seen as a brand to be the halo effect from that communication. Types of messaging coming from your customers as opposed to something which Cisco is saying as Cisco. Do you see a difference in the response and perhaps the quality in terms of performance of that content? I, you know, I think I, I do believe there is a difference because we are using our customers and partners and employees to tell our story um, and you know they have to give their their permission there has to be impact that they're willing to talk about um, but they're wonderful stories and, and they've really captured the imagination of other customers partners as well as our team so just a couple of examples one that we use um, is the the port of rotterdam and uh, the port of rotterdam is probably the most uh, storied port in the world and it's 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 just an incredible rich history 
But what they're doing is they're reinventing themselves using Cisco's technology to be the first port that uses autonomous shipping by 2025. So basically, they're going to have tankers that drive themselves. You know, what a, what a transformation story and, you know, just how innovative and and our customers can get that and translate what that would mean for their business, even if they aren't a port in that same industry. It's something that really resonates. Uh, we've had a couple of employees, Adam, and when we launched the uh, the campaign back in November at an internal meeting, um, I'm not sure if it's a good idea or not, but when you have your CEO and the executive team crying when when they see the uh, the you know the, the campaign and you show them the the launch uh, anthem video but then also we had employees stand up and tell their stories we had a competition um, where employees could write in and describe how they are the bridge to their communities or how they are the bridge to the world and how they're changing uh, the planet or lives of millions of people and what we did is we selected um, we were supposed to select 10. We ended up having to choose 20 because they were so good. And we had these employees stand up and talk about how they are the bridge, you know, between, you know, the, the, who was an orphan, a lady who was an orphan in Rwanda, who now is a Cisco employee and has have formed her own uh, charity and how she's going to change the lives of all these other orphans around the world and do some great good for her home country. When she told that story, just the emotion was just incredible. And so we knew then that we had something that our employees really could connect with because they knew that we were really talking about them and about us in terms of our culture and our values. So I, I don't think we've ever had that level of response for any campaign that we've launched in our history. Um, and, and Chuck has said that too. So again, it's just been just a, a really galvanizing and such a positive moment for our company. Not only to be so intensely uh, personalized and optimistic as a way to galvanize, but in building that bridge, I'm sure there is vast benefit if it is employees or if it is customers to be able to to amplify that, to be able to show people that that this is what Cisco is doing and to have it be more more organic than something which is delivered directly from a brand. I think that's I think that's wonderful and I'm I'm sure you have seen some some wonderful results since that November launch. Let's talk for a second about efforts in the community and you've mentioned things like the Network Academy creating that bridge yourself for millions around the world. In terms of the experiences and the stories that you see perhaps outside of those four walls from your employees or the customers that you have, what are some ways in which you're able to get in touch with those folks and amplify those stories at the most grassroots of levels? So we've actually done, it's a great question. We've actually done a couple of things here. Um, first of all, we, uh, as a B2B uh, marketing team, we are very, very digitally and socially focused. Um, we don't have, uh, you know, a lot of dollars to spend on the traditional types of advertising. So there's a couple of things that we've done that are really different. First of all, we do really, really focus on social engagement. Um, and, and what we found is that uh, we, we basically worked all the social channels 
Um, the other thing that we've done is, and this has taken us some time, Adam, is that we have made our employees our social ambassadors. And so, you know, with training and guidance, they actually represent Cisco and can respond to, um, to customers and partners and other employees and our social channels as well. And actually, with the Bridge to Possible campaign, um, we were actually socially engaged 12 times higher than any other campaign that we run. And the activity around each post that we launched was around eight times the industry average. And so we were really, really pleased with the level of, of engagement that we got in, in the social and digital fear, spheres. The, the other thing that we did is that we've launched something called Cisco Gateway. And, and I will tell you, I'll be honest, this was something I didn't think that would actually uh, work. Uh, because the idea is it's it's really like an old fashioned community, if you will, uh, where we invite customers, uh, whether they are you know fairly early in career right up to the most senior levels of, of the company to join us in a community and engage with us. And we gave them a voice. And so this is back to what you were saying in terms of the grassroots level. We are really, really fortunate that our customers love us. In fact, I know that I can't change the logo because some of our customers have the tattooed on their body or actually really? in their in their haircut as well, which I'm a little bit happier about because it can grow. But um, but our, our customers are are real loyalists and um, and they really they really do care about us. And so we wanted to tap into that a little bit about having them find their authentic voice. And so what we did, we invited them into a virtual community. Um, and we gave them uh, tasks to do where it was, um, you know, whether it was around giving us feedback. And so we'd ask them questions like, you know, if I was CEO of Cisco for a day, what would I do? Um, you know, I chose Cisco because. And so what we do is we give them these tasks and act activities and they would give us and each other real time feedback because this was all totally visible um, in this community. And, you know, I thought, well, I don't think people have the time to do this anymore. And, you know, oh, we're going to get some, you know, fairly odd responses or, you know, what what's going to happen and how is that going to work out? Well, as it turns out, we actually have, you know, almost 9000 of these advocates who've actually joined this community. It's now global. It's it started in Europe and, and now it's in um, in the US and we're rolling it out into Asia um, and they just they engage with us and actually in such a way, which is kind of weird, they asked us if that we could orchestrate them actually physically meeting each other around our Cisco live events. And so they've actually really bonded as a community and they're, you know, they'll tell us exactly how they feel. It's not, you know, sometimes you think, oh, ouch, that hurt. But it was really, really constructive feedback. And so what we have done as a marketing community and again, with our social ambassadors, is we get that feedback right back, whether it's engineering, it's a supply chain team, it's a sales team. And so th this community is really helping guide the strategy of the company, our product roadmaps, you know, the, the experience that we're trying to create for them. Um, and so it, it's something that I didn't think would work, uh, you know, but it really has. And it's something that I think. I really want to, you know, to empower our customers to, to give us that feedback and to have a very strong, authentic voice back into Cisco. Um, maybe the next thing is for me to allow customers to give real-time feedback on Cisco.com. That scares a lot of people. 
um, you know, because it's, you know, we'd have to do that carefully, but wow, what a way to, you know, to get that engagement and that level of transparency between what the company is doing and what our customers are, are feeling about what we are doing. So many different things I'm even learning just on this conversation about the different ways that you're connecting and bringing people together. And by the way, it's fantastic to know that there are ways in which you can collect and leverage these stories and amplify them. And yes, use some uh, as, as construction for what you have upcoming and yet also use others as, uh, as, as a reflection upon the impact that you're having in the community. So that is wonderful to hear. Really glad that you are uh, conscious and aware of that and taking advantage of it every day. Now, with all of these things that I'm learning, it begs the question, I'm sure there's something coming up and maybe another bridge to possible type effort. What's next for the team? I have to know. Oh, um, boy. So we have come a long way in four years and um, and the team, and I'm very, very proud of that. But we know that we have a lot of work still to do. And life would be pretty boring if you didn't feel that was the case, wouldn't it? So um, one thing that we are doing, and, and and again, this is something that's very typical of a, of a technology company, uh, is that we have a lot of innovation that we want to bring to the market. And that's really, really a good thing. Um, but what we were finding is that we weren't thinking about what it was like to be at the receiving end of that. If I'm a customer or a partner or you know one of our sellers, it's like, wow, you're, you're bringing out an innovation once a week. Um, that's too much for me to absorb. And so what we've what we are developing is something called the rhythm of the business. And it's easier to explain this if, if I can go back into a consumer world for a second. So in a consumer world, there tends to be buying seasons, right? If, if I were Apple, I'd be really focused on, on the Christmas holidays or dads and grads or Mother's Day. Um, what we've also found is that in the business world, we can actually create those market windows and moments where we come out to the market in one strong, loud voice uh, around something that is really deeply relevant to our customers that they really care about. And we go big. And so that is a rhythm that, that marketing is really driving across all of Cisco. Uh, it's hard because every product manager will think that their product is the, their innovation is more important than anybody else's. And so uh, it's, it's not easy, but uh, we're going to get there. And I think that will just make it easier for our customers to be able to understand our strategy and think, ah, this is where they're going next. And it's, it's getting back to that engagement and that brand strategy will be much clearer. Um, we are going to continue the storytelling around Bridge to Possible. And so uh, we are going to stay the course. Uh, we've got something really special here that we want to continue to amplify. And, and the reason for it is not just for customers and partners, but we wanted to be able to, to use the campaign um, to attract top talent. Um, what we found, and I know this won't be a surprise to you, Adam, is that, you know, employees want to work for a company that they feel wants to make a difference in the world. Um, and so we are going to continue that storytelling um, and, you know, and to continue to engage with our employees. We may do something creative. I, I love the idea of the activation around maybe the Golden Gate Bridge or the Bay Bridge in terms of just um, getting, getting ourselves out there or some of the famous bridges. So stay tuned for that. Um, we're also thinking about whether 
the bridge theme is something that we can uh, roll out into our naming. Um, again, we want we want to amplify this as something that is uniquely Cisco, um, and and own that space so that our our portfolio is easier to understand. And then the final thing um, that I really want the team to do is. For the longest time, well, since I've been in this role, we have uh, been responsible for creating demand. So, so for creating a pipeline, as we would talk about it in, in the sales world, um, that is then converted into, uh, into business. And so we want to put that on steroids because especially now that more and more of our business buyers are doing their journey online, their purchase journey online. Um, in fact, actually we are finding that business buyers complete almost 70%, 70% of their purchase journey online. Wow, what an amazing opportunity for marketing um, to drive that engagement. Um, and I, I also believe that uh, we won't be talking about sales and marketing as much in the future. We'll be talking about digital and human engagement in terms of how sales and marketing together are engaging that customer in a digital way and then adding a human when it adds value. Um, so what we have done is we have created something that we call the virtual demand center, which is one team. Um, and what we're finding is that in the old days when somebody came to Cisco uh, on Cisco.com, it would take us many days um, to be able to respond to them. Um, our goal is to get that response time down to 15 minutes. And so, again, back to that experience we're trying to create for our customers, it's like, I, you know, if I'm interested in learning more about the product or I have an issue or a problem, they want that consumer-like experience and they want it to be really, really good. So we are signing up for a revenue goal as one team. And also we are actually uh, laying out what we think is going to be the best digital customer experience in the B2B world. So that's what's wow. next. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, well, that's a that's a heck of a lot, and I can't wait to see how each of those uh, each of those tactics, each of those movements, blossom through your broader strategy. And I just love the fact that I've been able to experience this firsthand and learn what is uh, coming down the pike, and also uh, what you have done to transform the org to date. And it would be it would behest me to turn that firsthand knowledge secondhand. Through your advice, and that's the last thing I want to ask in our interview today, which is to say, what sort of advice would you give to a budding marketer who maybe isn't the head of a global organization such as yourself on how to start out towards that journey to becoming more authentic, more emotionally driven in their strategy, their messaging, regardless of whether at the end of the day they are B2B or B2C? Wow. So, um, boy, some advice here. So, the first thing I would say is really, really make sure you understand who your customer is. So spend as much time with them, either physically or digitally. And, you know, marketers will say, well, I don't get time with customers. Yes, you can. Just talk about the Cisco gateway. You have access. You can listen to almost 9,000 of them in terms of their conversations. So really make sure you understand. Uh, really have empathy in terms of where they are in their journey, what they care about, what they're worried about. Um, and this is where marketing can really play a difference here because you know, a seller will come to me and say, I had dinner with the CIO last night of you know, a big company and they said X. And okay, you know what? We had 11 million unique visitors visit cisco.com last month. 
I can listen to 11 million people and I can, I can translate that into action. That's our biggest challenge, translating that insight and that engagement into action. Um, that really is a big task for us. I would also encourage marketers to really speak with their real authentic voice. You know, take an improv class, you know, figure out how to be a real-time storyteller. Think about how can I tell my story in five seconds? Because that's where media buyers are going to, you know, get down to is what can I say that's going to really engage them and, and really use human, simple language because uh, honestly, I think buyers are tuning everything else out. Learn the technology. Uh, when I speak at universities and, and uh, in, in front of students, is that please learn the marketing technology. I, I'll tell my team marketing may have been the last function to be industrialized, but we were the first to be digitized. There is so much that technology is enabling us to do. I would love to chat with you more about how I think blockchain is going to disrupt our, our advertising platforms of the future and put that ownership back into the hands of the consumer about how they want to be marketed to. But it's really, I, I would say marketing has always been described as a mixture of art and science. I think that's still going to be the case. I think it's just going to be on absolute steroids. And I can't wait to see uh, what the mixture of that art and science provides in the coming months, years. And I'm sure that uh, we will see Cisco at the cutting edge of that whenever it happens. Uh, for now, in terms of taking in your wisdom, your stories, learning about all the great things going on right now at Cisco, Karen, it was a pleasure to have you on Authentic Influence today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I really enjoyed it too, Adam. Thanks so much to Karen Walker for joining the show today. Really loved learning about everything that you are doing in your day-to-day -to, -day to continue to build that bridge to possible. Thanks so much for coming on the show. If you liked what you heard today and would like to hear more, I encourage you to subscribe to Authentic Influence wherever you listen. And if you have a particular piece of feedback or suggestion for new content or guests, feel free to leave a rating and review again wherever you listen or feel free to reach out to me, Adam Connor, on LinkedIn. I'm also available via email, adam.connor at govavoom.com, if that's what you prefer. I'll be back again in two weeks' time, as always, with another fantastic perspective about how a top marketer is becoming more direct with their consumers and becoming more authentic in their storytelling and strategy. And for all you footwear fans out there, I think you'll especially like this one. We'll be chatting with Foot Locker CMO Jed Berger. Again, that's in two weeks' time. But for now and for Authentic Influence, I've been your host, Adam Connor, And you'll hear from me again next time.